grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. From our epistle reading this morning, we heard, But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. So far, the text. Peter comes to us this morning with a message of suffering and hope. In fact, most of Peter's epistle from this Lectio Continua, our continuous reading of 1 Peter presented each Sunday between Easter and Pentecost this year, carries this theme of suffering and hope. Peter's message is as pertinent today as it was when he penned this letter some 2,000 or so years ago. I do not think that Peter's audience was too terribly different than we are today. At least, I think there are some key similarities. To open his letter, Peter addresses it to those who are elect exiles in the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, if these names do not mean much to you, don't hold that against yourself. Peter is simply directing his letters to the communities that make up what, in the biblical literature, we call Asia Minor, or what we know today as the modern nation of Turkey. And by dispersion, Peter is referring to the Jews living amongst the Gentiles in that area. So Peter is addressing this letter to a small group of Christians, mostly Jewish, but assuredly some Gentile converts as well, all of whom are now living in isolation. Their Christian faith setting them apart from both the Jewish and Gentile communities surrounding them. Peter is speaking to small groups who in many ways have been cut off from their community. Peter knows that these small bands of Christians will stand out in their communities. He knows that there will be temptations. In verse 14, he cautions that they may suffer. In verse 16, he warns that they will be slandered and reviled. Peter is speaking the harsh truths of the reality that face those living in isolation. We too here today face isolation. The coronavirus has forced us to follow social distancing protocols that curtail the spread of this disease. We are worshiping this morning in our homes, on our computers and smartphones, when we would rather be filling the pews in the sanctuary. We are maybe even afraid to go out, not knowing if we will contract the virus. And when we do go out, to the grocery store, or the post office, we may be ridiculed because we are the only one wearing a mask to keep ourselves safe, as well as those around us. The mental health toll of these social distancing protocols constrain even the strongest among us, and we must especially pray for those who are predisposed to anxiety, depression, or other mental health illnesses that are exacerbated by our isolation. Many of us 
might also become sick ourselves, or know someone who has gotten sick or even died from this disease. The whole world, it seems, is in isolation and suffering. When we see the coronavirus and the damage that it leaves in its wake, be that physical, emotional, or economic, we see our sin. We see the consequences of our sin, suffering, and death. In the garden, when Adam and Eve first rejected God and brought sin into the world, suffering was introduced to the world as well. In Genesis 3, to Eve, God says, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. And to Adam, in pain you shall eat of the ground all the days of your life. Sin is all around us. Pain and suffering are our ever-present companions. In our sin, we suffer and cause others to suffer as well. Death was not part of God's good creation, but through our sin, death is now a part of our broken world. And in the time of coronavirus, it can seem hard to avoid our brokenness, our sin. But in the midst of our sin and brokenness, we have hope. Peter exclaims, our hope in Christ in that Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in spirit. This is the reason for the hope that is in us. In the midst of our isolation and suffering, we have hope. In fact, it is this hope that truly sets us apart, like the Christian converts to whom Peter is writing. This hope makes them stand out, and so Peter commends them he commands us also to always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for the hope that is in you. That is what we do in worship, both here on Sunday mornings and also in our homes and businesses throughout the week. We proclaim our hope in Christ Jesus. A few weeks ago on Easter, we celebrated Christ's victory over death. Each Sunday is like a mini-Easter, where we recall God's work of reclaiming His creation through Christ's victory on the cross and over the grave. We celebrate the hope that is in us, in Christ Jesus. And you, you entered into that hope through the waters of baptism. As Peter continues, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. With death and hopelessness seemingly surrounding us, we can grasp tightly and securely to our baptism, knowing that our hope is not in vain. We need not fear death. For as Paul writes in his letter to the Romans, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, 
in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Standing firm in the hope of our baptism, we can confidently and hopefully exclaim, He is risen! He is risen indeed! Alleluia! Through the lens of hope, we see what the world cannot see. Death may be all around us. The coronavirus may rage on, but Christ, our Savior, overcame death for you. He says, you are forgiven. You are healed. You have no reason to fear. And when fear creeps back into your life, when the old Adam rears his ugly head once more, Christ is there with a ready hand to restore you once again. You see, our hope is in a Savior, in a God who also suffered. Our Savior knows fear. From Luke 22, 42, Jesus exclaims, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Our Savior knows betrayal. From Luke 22, 48, Jesus asked Judas, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? From Luke, or our Savior knows what it is to be abandoned. From Matthew 26, 56, then all the disciples left him and fled. Our Savior knows what it is to be denied. From Luke 22, 57, but he, Peter, Deny Jesus, saying, Woman, I do not know him. Our Savior knows suffering. From Matthew 27, 26, Then Pilate released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. And our Savior knows what it is to be alone. From Matthew 27, 46, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So take heart, for you do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15 So when you are afraid, Jesus is there saying, Take shelter in me. When you feel betrayed, abandoned, or denied, Jesus is there saying, I will never leave you or forsake you. Hebrews 13.5 When you are suffering, Jesus proclaims to you, In me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And when you feel alone, Jesus is there reassuring you, I am with you always. Matthew 28 at this time, when the coronavirus makes gathering dangerous and there are limitations on what we can do, when our lips long to eat Christ's body and drink his blood in Holy Communion, Christ is ever-present with you through the waters of your baptism. Baptism, in the words of Martin Luther, remains forever, its effect and significance continue and remain Repentant, therefore, is nothing else than a return and approach to baptism, to resume 
and practice what has earlier been begun, but not abandoned. Through your baptism, Christ claims you and promises that in Him you are not and will never be abandoned. If we look at the news today, we see suffering and hopelessness, but we don't need the news to tell us that we live in a broken world. Scripture tells us that plainly. But the news only tells us about the brokenness of the world. It offers no solution. It leaves us staring at our sin. Only the Word of God, Christ Jesus, offers the solution. His death and resurrection. Jesus Christ is the reason for the hope that is in us today and always. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.